Chapter Three, Book Four of Rookwood. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Paul Curran. Rookwood by William Harrison Ainsworth. Book Four, Chapter Three: A Surprise. Was this well done, Jenny? Captain McHeath. While Turpin and King are walking across the bowling green, we will see what has taken place outside the inn. Tom's presentiments of danger were not, it appeared, without foundation. Scarcely had the ostler brought forth our two highwaymen's steeds, when a post-chaise, escorted by two or three horsemen, drove furiously up to the door. The sole occupant of the carriage was a lady, whose slight and pretty figure was all that could be distinguished, her face being closely veiled. The landlord, who was busied in casting up Turpin's account, rushed forth at the summons. A word or two passed between him and the horseman, upon which the former's countenance fell. He posted in the direction of the garden, and the horseman instantly dismounted. "'We have him now, sure enough,' said one of them, a very small man who looked, in his boots, like buckle equipped for the oaks. "'By the powers, I begin to think so,' replied the other horseman. "'But don't spoil all, Mr. Coates, by being too precipitate.' "'Never fear that, Mr. Tickonnell,' said Coates, for it was the gallant attorney. "'He's sure to come for his mare. That's a trap certain to catch him, eh, Mr. Patterson? "'With the chief constable of Westminster to back us, the devil's in it if we are not a match for him.' "'And for Tom King, too,' replied the chief constable. "'Since his blowin's beached, the game's up with him, too. "'We've long had an eye upon him, and now we'll have a finger.' He's one of your dashing trouts to whom we always give a long line. But we'll land him this time, anyhow. If you look after Dick Turpin, gentlemen, I'll make sure of Tom. I'd rather you would help us, Mr. Patterson, said Coates. Never mind Tom King. Another time will do for him. No such thing, said Patterson. One weighs just as much for that matter as t'other. I'll take Tom to myself, and surely you two with the landlord and ostler can manage Turpin amongst you. "'I don't know that,' said Coates, doubtfully. "'He's a devil of a fellow to deal with.' "'Take him quietly,' said Patterson. "'Draw the chaise out of the way, lad. "'Take our tits to one side and place their nags near the door, Ostler. "'Shall you be able to see him, ma'am, where you are?' "'asked the chief constable, walking to the carriage, "'and touching his hat to the lady within. "'Having received a satisfactory nod from the bonnet and veil, "'he returned to his companions. "'And now, Jemmem,' added he, let's step aside a little don't use your firearms too soon as if conscious of what was passing around her and of the danger that awaited her master black bess exhibited so much impatience and plunged so violently that it was with difficulty the ostler could hold her the devil's in the mare said he what's the matter with her she was quiet enough a few minutes since all i stand turpin and king meanwhile walked quickly through the house preceded by the host who conducted them and not without some inward trepidation towards the door. Arrived there, each man rushed swiftly to his horse. Dick was in the saddle in an instant, and stamping her foot on the ostler's leg, Black Bess compelled the man, yelling with pain, to quit his hold of the bridle. Tom King was not equally fortunate. Before he could mount his horse, a loud shout was raised, which startled the animal and caused him to swerve, so that Tom lost his footing in the stirrup and fell to the ground. He was instantly seized by Patterson, and a struggle commenced. 
king endeavouring but in vain to draw a pistol flip him dick fire or i'm taken cried king fire damn you why won't you fire shouted he in desperation still struggling vehemently with patterson who was a strong man and more than a match for a lightweight like king i can't cried dick i shall hit you if i fire take your chance shouted king is this your friendship thus urged turpin fired the ball ripped up the sleeve of patterson's coat but did not wound him again cried king shoot him i say don't you hear me fire again pressed as he was by foes on every side himself their mark for both coates and tyrconnel had fired upon him and were now mounting their steeds to give chase it was impossible that turpin could take sure aim added to which in the struggle patterson and king were each moment changing their relative positions he however would no longer hesitate but again at his friend's request fired the ball lodged itself in king's breast he fell at once at this instant a shriek was heard from the chaise the window was thrown open and her thick veil being drawn aside the features of a very pretty female now impressed with terror and contrition were suddenly exhibited king fixed his glazing eyes upon her susan sighed he is it you that i behold yes yes tis she sure enough said patterson you see ma'am what you and such like have brought him to however you'll lose your reward he's going fast enough reward gasped king reward did she betray me ay ay sir said patterson she blowed the gaff if it's any consolation to you to know it consolation repeated the dying man perfidious oh the prophecy my best friend turpin i die by his hand and vainly striving to raise himself he fell backwards and expired alas poor tom mr patterson mr patterson cried coates leave the landlord to look after the body of that dying ruffian and mount with us in the pursuit of the living rascal come sir quick mount dispatch you see he is yonder he seems to hesitate we shall have him now well jemmim i'm ready said patterson but how the devil came you to let him escape st patrick only knows said titus he's as slippery as an eel and like a cat turn him which way you will he's always sure to alight upon his legs i wouldn't wonder but we lose him now after all though he has such a small start that mare flies like the wind he shall have a tight run for it at all events said patterson putting spurs into his horse i've a good nag under me and you are neither of you badly mounted he's only three hundred yards before us and the devil's in it if we can't run him down it's a three hundred pound job mr coates and well worth a race you shall have another hundred from me sir if you take him said coates urging his steed forward thank you sir thank you follow my directions and we'll make sure of him said the constable gently gently not so fast upon the hill you see he's breathing his horse all in good time mr coates all in good time sir and maintaining an equal distance both parties cantered leisurely up the ascent now called windmill hill we shall now return to turpin aghast at the deed he had accidentally committed dick remained for a few moments irresolute he perceived that king was mortally wounded and that all attempts at rescue would be fruitless he perceived likewise that jerry and the magus had effected their escape from the bowling green as he could detect their figures stealing along the hedge side he hesitated no longer turning his horse he galloped slowly off 
little heeding the pursuit with which he was threatened. "'Every bullet has its billet,' said Dick. "'But little did I think that I really should turn poor Tom's executioner. "'To the devil with this rascally snapper!' cried he, throwing the pistol over the hedge. "'I could never have used it again. "'Tis strange, too, that he should have foretold his own fate. "'Devilish strange. "'And then that he should have been betrayed by the very blow and he trusted. "'That's a lesson, if I wanted any. "'But trust a woman, not I, the length of my little finger.' End of chapter 3, book 4